on this week's episode of Homo Superior. I did love the little scooter demon like <gasps> screaming at them. I was just going to say that. I love that guy. Yeah, it was great. He, he, he screamed at one point, what do I have to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> this was the Ryan Krull <laughs> character yeah, in that why issue. Am why am I even here? That's the only possessed thing so far that I like. Everything else is possessed and it's stupid. He seemed and like- that one was like... Just having a ball, <laughs> yeah, 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 being the worst way of getting around in society. He he was like, <laughs> "I'm going about my day, barely getting along, and you're going to attack me now." It it was tough. Yeah. Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Welcome to Homo Superior, where we'll MCU next Tuesday, issue two sixty five. I'm Kalen. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brent Wingate. And this week, we take the time to get back on track with our review of X-Men the Animated Series, Dat Tass, in another chronologically complicated two-part, two-time fugitives that are too much. Plus, plenty of potentially stupid rumors are circling about the upcoming Thunderbolts movie, and we try to figure out if it's actually really dumb. There's a mountain of issues to catch up on because we took a break, a big mistake on our part, including the web of crossovers. Spider-Man's involved in, and this week we try and figure out, is Chasm hotter than Spider-Man? We'll find out when we expose our chasms. And we wrap things up with a gifted edition of Plug Me Daddy, but first, some housekeeping. Uh, First of all, uh, if you haven't checked out our uh, secret records of Andor Season 1, please do. It's Brent, Ryan, and me, the three most dedicated people in this podcast who are actually on Talking about probably the best thing that Star Wars has ever done. Wouldn't y'all agree? I would. I agree. We are dedicated, yeah. We are so dedicated. <laughs> and beautiful. <laughs> yeah. We are. And we're about to go into 2023, which means it's phase five of the MCU, starting with Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. But before we get there, we're going to have a look back on phase four from like Black Widow, WandaVision, Wakanda Forever. The Eternals. Sh- Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange, all that stuff. We're going to be doing a deep dive look back on what worked, what didn't, what we loved, what we didn't. And if you didn't see all of that stuff, because it's roughly 8 million hours of <laughs> television and movies, uh, we'll give you enough of a recap that you don't it, feel like you're going to miss out on anything. And you'll probably like it more than my parents did over this holiday weekend when I was recapping it for them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's annoying about it is like it's really hard to rewatch Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. You have to like subscribe to Stars or buy oh, the movie. I know. that We'll talk about Ryan's, it. Yeah. Ryan's parents are like, uh, tell us about that WandaVisions you saw. And then Ryan will start talking and they'll literally get up and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> That's his power. That's his mutant power. All right, let's get into MCU Next TV, which is our weekly segment focused on the latest, greatest of MCU Disney Plus TV shows. Or latest and greatest, not so much because we're talking about a show that uh, came on air 30 years ago. Yes, that's X-Men, the animated series. We're talking about season two, episodes seven and eight. It's uh, Time Fugitives parts one and two. So we're doing the Mm two-parter. So in this timey-wimey two-parter that serves as a sequel to season one's Days of Future Past and an homage to every time-traveling cliche, Bishop is back. And so is Mystery Man Cable, not to mention perennial Big Bad Apocalypse. Turns out that a bishop didn't prevent his dystopia after all, but he does help accelerate Cable's terrible future by stopping the Friend of Humanity's virus just a little too soon. Cable travels back to the past, and with a little help of Wolverine's healing factor, the necessary antibodies are created to manage the virus. Oh, an apocalypse is behind of all, Ryan, I got a question for you. If Forge has never heard of the X-Men when Bishop goes back to the future for the first time, mm-hmm. why is he dressed like an X-Man? Um, I think it was a popular letter. 
in that time frame. X. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's because some fashion is eternal. Mm. Like you find Pockets. some looks. Like we have never really gotten rid of togas. They have always been. You're wearing in, one right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's for the fashion. I wish you wouldn't. Actually, Forge Forge is an innovator and an inventor. And he will rediscover the most iconic look of 1983. I feel that if you asked him why you're wearing an X, if you've never heard the X-Men, he's like, what are you talking about? This is 10. Mm. You're talking about the Roman numerals. This, yeah. is, this is tough because they're explaining time travel to essentially kids in the 90s. So, But when they go back and they say, Forge, hey, what happened with uh, – uh, why did this not happen? He, he goes, I don't know. But since Senator Kelly wasn't assassinated, and you're like, how did you – get that yeah, yeah. you brought up senator kelly yeah do you know actually and are you lying yeah the uh, rules didn't quite work how in would this you reco- how would you recognize that as being an important point as opposed to all the other assassinations you know that didn't you, happen you know how senator kelly became president you're like i didn't bring him up you know you Why know you, talking you about know it? how hillary clinton wasn't assassinated hey, <laughs> hey brent shut up i got a question for you yeah. oh, good. all right so you're a resident vaccine boy yeah uh, yeah. What did you think of the way that the virus and the antibodies were portrayed in this episode? So I don't think you can talk about the virus without. Ta- I said, shut up. <laughs> I don't think you can talk about the virus without talking about the time travel aspect of the show, mm-hmm. which is that you can rewrite the past and, and rewrite the future. And in doing so, you will slowly change what that future is going to look like. Right. Through tornadoes. Yes. So Bishop goes back in time. He stops some virus from happening, and that's going to ruin Cable's future. Yes. Right? Correct. Through tornadoes. Through time tornadoes. (laughs) (laughs) 30 seconds after that virus is stopped, obviously something much worse happens with the virus. Is there another slightly more future person whose life is being ruined because a vaccine was developed? Oh, I, I you've broken could, this wide. But also, we could but do also, that all day long. Also, don't you guys love that Cable is desperate to save his future, the shittiest future possible? Yeah, with that, where literally all the buildings are torn down. There are some like Velociraptor Terminators running around, and yes. it's just the air is made to, of to, lasers to save his <laughs> to save his kid. That I thought was a confident, strong woman, but his it was oh, no, his Grumbles. son Todd. What's his kid's Tyler. name? Tyler. Tyler. Cable's yeah. son Tyler. But yeah. I thought it was who did Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, date in the like the nineties, and she sort of had the same haircut. Uh, the, like Maria was, Shriver. I don't think it was her. Mia um, Ham. No, it was like a blonde thing, and maybe it was like in one of his movies or something. But yeah. it's like, the exact same haircut, and I was like, Todd. Todd, Todd is your son? <laughs> that was the most shocking thing. You're talking thing. about Dolph Lundgren and Rocky IV and his wife. That's exactly what I'm talking about, actually. Yes, good, good so, poll. I okay, love you. Okay, so also in this <laughs> version. Similar, right? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, cable is set in like the year 4000, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he is. 3999. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, they don't. <laughs> they round up. <laughs> they round up, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. It seems yeah. like a lot further in the future. But that's like. That is all, that is as far away from us as we are from Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and or as the Apocalypse ar- says, I am as far from mutants as mutants are from you. I am excellent. Um. Uh. So there were just Terminators there, and we yeah. need to talk about it because they were just Terminators with war machine guns on the sides. Yeah. That's all it was. It was stupid, and those X Men were dumb. 
all those X-Men that were alive at the time were fucking dumb. Oh, yeah. One just had Colossus arms and then, like, a human torso. And I was like, what is this? Maybe it was a chimera. Ooh. Ooh. Prescient. Yeah. Uh, So I got another question. Adam, are you not recording today because you got infected by the virus? Yeah. He is probably. Okay. Well, also, he probably got... You can see the virus by seeing these weird sort of things come over and then you rip open your shirt and you have the best abs ever. Yeah. Everyone had oh my huge, God. great, Who the beautiful abs. F- I want that virus. Creed? I mean, come on. Yeah. You were just wearing this bulky, yeah. awful, maroon May- business maybe suit. Maybe get out of the gym and start planning your plans you a little bit You look like better. a shitty drug deal, a, a gangster in Atlantic City, and then you pop that baby open and you've got all these techno-organic scabs. Oh. Oh, give me those scabs. Um, Roe called someone a peckerwood. Is that okay? Yeah, I think it's okay. Uh, we got one of Wolverine's uh, great uh, uh, zingers. A time jockey to Bishop. Yeah, it's a, he, it's a classic one. He said, um, I like when Bishop and uh, Gambit talk because it's stupid because they're like, uh, I think they said something to him like, who are you? And he said, I'm a time traveler like you. And was like, okay. <laughs> why is that a challenge? <laughs> It's wild. Bishop had some lines in there that were not connected to what other people were saying. Correct. Uh, he was Bad very, ADR. very frantically. Yeah, they, they must have rewritten lines ex post. Um, was, was it kind of sexual for you guys when um, Cable grabbed Wolverine and then they went to that CD motel together and they're like, let's finish this? Yeah, totally. And then, and then 30 <laughs> seconds later, famously furious Wolverine. It's like, uh-oh, here, we're going to body slide. Here we go again. Time to save the day. Um, also, I enjoy his uh, his chance cube that he talks to all the time. His oh, his computer. computer, which knows everything? Yeah, correct. Yeah. The computer ex machina. Uh, <laughs> Kaylin, did you have any thoughts about this episode? Yeah, it was, you, you know, like... These so, two episodes, yeah. So... Ryan, you you kind of said like, okay, they're trying to explain time travel to kids. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future was ten years before or whenever it was. They explained it a lot better, was a lot more consistent, and I Those think kids, kids were grown by then. Well, yeah, so they got dumber. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought it was actually fine. I liked the the sort of the like the aesthetic of the second episode being like a remix of the first episode. I think yeah. that's a clever way of doing it. And again, it being a Saturday morning cartoon, uh, you know, with that cuts a lot of corners. I yeah. thought it was all right. I actually like Cable a lot in the show. Yeah. Uh, I don't care for Bishop, but I like Cable. So in this show, he is not Scott and Jeans. Oh, he is. Okay. No, because they even made that statement. Because he's like, oh, I know those two. I know those two. Well, they were hinting that like he is their son. or that, yeah, that, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, okay. I thought you said the other When opposite. Cable and Wolverine get together, though, woo, take a smoke break, guys. Stop well, that's because that's their parents' lover. And yeah, he's that's just true, uncomfortable. Uncle Wolverine. Yes, around yeah. his new potential stepfather. Yeah. yeah. You're not my father. Shut up, boy. Um, one thing I, I, I think what th- these two episodes did well is uh, the fight scenes were actually really fun. It was fun to see them sort of coordinate some of their uh, powers and stuff together, which you don't see a lot of times. Like Rogue yeah. just gets thrown through a wall and then passes out. Yeah. And so they were, <laughs> they were working that together. That is her power, yes. <laughs> yeah. She she always has like a perfect arc when she's thrown. Uh, I did love how nineties this episode was because like Jubilee's disc man was broken and she had to keep go get, getting it repaired over and over again at it, the mall. And Storm was like, "I'm not helping you. I'm going into. I wrote this down. 
Angel Zenobia's Books. You know, everyone's favorite <laughs> bookstore, Angel Zenobia. Uh, Beast has to remind her. Hey, I mean, other than not eating enough vegetables, you're doing great. You're so healthy. <laughs> I like that they made peace, but they're like, you suck, so you're not going to be in the field ever, Jubilee. Yeah. So yeah. go fix your fucking Walkman, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> they were harsh. They were harsh on her. Well, she keeps breaking it. True, yeah. I mean, altogether, I think it's okay. Yeah. It's it's better to watch the two parts together, I think, then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, agreed, for sure. Agreed. Yeah. have to wait. A week to see one than the other. Uh, some I'm hearing something that might be a little stupid. Yeah, you know, this is a sometimes segment we a like blah, to blah, do. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, Adam is here. <laughs> this is a sometimes segment we do where we call eh, this may be stupid, but um, it's where we concentrate on some MCU rumors that may be true or they may just be some nonsense stuff that people post and then people repost. Um, usually on Twitter. Um, first up, we have uh, Thunderbolt Ross is theorized to become the president of the United States, and Sam Wilson, Wilson will assemble a new team of Avengers to take him down. So he is going; they're going to be attacking the president, which will be played by Harrison Ford. It's a classic constitutional crisis. <laughs> yeah. Did that happen in that last episode of the animated series, though, too? <laughs> I think that's. it sounds like it, right? Similar, you know? similar. So we have now accepted Harrison Ford... He is. He is. He, this that one is official. Okay. Yeah, he's he going to be. He's taking he's over John Hurt's role. Gotcha. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, so, should should the Avengers be attacking the U.S. government? Because you know, William Hurt. What is, did I say? John Hurt. Yeah, it's William Hurt, right? Yeah. Uh, whoops, you sound hurt. Um, hurt people, hurt people. <laughs> true. Uh, what do you, What do you guys think? Do you think this is a possibility? Is it a good idea for the Avengers to um, go up against the president of the so United States? It's, it's very Dark Rain, right? Very. Dark Rain followed Secret Invasion, which yes. we know is coming out in early in Phase 5. Correct. And so if I had to guess, like uh, Ross, Thunderbolt Ross, is going to take the place of Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn, yeah. Uh, and in the comics, Norman Osborn is the one who killed the Skrull Queen and thereby ending the invasion and became a hero. And he wasn't president, but he basically dismantled S.H.I.E.L.D., created Hammer, mm -hmm. and was like the ostensible head of the U.S. government. It makes me think that he obviously is going to turn into the Red Hulk, do some sort of act of heroism, and then just become the enemy. Just sort of basically the same story. So, yeah, I have a question. <clears throat> yes. Based off of his career in the MCU so far, what would be your presidential pitch for Ross? Like, what would you, if you're trying to advocate and sell him as a president, oh. what, what would he be a slogan? Oh, what would be the best talking points? Like, give me the political I like this. Oh, spin. okay. All right. All right. All right. Brent is like looking at me boring into my yes. brain. So, and into our audience listeners' ears. Uh, I think it's going to be about stability and about return to normalcy because this is a world that has gone through the blip and people have returned and everything's gone into chaos. He is an old white man. He's a war hero. Yes. He is somebody who is trying to bring order to a chaotic world. Um, he's like the dark version of of uh, Joe Biden. He's dark Brandon. He's dark Brandon. See, yeah, I, oh, sorry. Do you think they'll go with the angle of him actually having powers and showing that off, being like, I'm just like the Avengers. I'm part of America. Like, it, it, will that be an aspect, or will his uh, power side, in theory, if he has them, the Red Hulk side, be hidden? I think I think you keep that hidden. I think I, it'd be hidden. I, I think that you and then he becomes a monster. You when it's you revealed. try and hit that he's got a, a 
long military career Mm -hmm. that he has exceptional experience dealing with supers even if all of them are catastrophic failures correct he has he has dealt with them and that is something that not a lot of people can say Mm -hmm. we're going to be dealing with more supers in the future we need someone like thaddeus thunderbolt ross call them supers all the time sure cool i like marvels how about marvels i I usually call them meta humans but (laughs) (laughs) um i what's his slogan kaylin what would you what would you go with make america powerless again i don't know um, I'm red I'm not Hulk, good at this. I'm white, and you'll never be blue with me in the office. <laughs> Nailed I'm, it. I hate it. I'm Nailed it. Betsy Ross's grandson. <laughs> and I got father? replaced by another actor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, did you see me in Air Force One? I was really good in that. Yeah, I've already been president before. No, I do. I think uh, like the fact that like he is trying to bring chaos back to uh, uh order back to a chaotic world. And um, he can even, like, there could be, like, a retcon of this Covio Accords could have worked uh, if only he had the ability to actually, you know, administer them the way that they were supposed to be administered. Yeah, like, Thanos could... may not have happened if these, I mean, yeah. it's all bullshit, but you know, you, you also know, like, propaganda is bullshit, too. You could, you could get some version of a Sokovia Accords within the United States as being, like, a... yeah. Another bill. So yep. another rumor that's floating around, sort of in the same wheelhouse, is the Thunderbolts mission will actually be to obtain adamantium from the Celestial that we saw in the Eternals movie. Um, so, and then eventually that that island or whatever the fuck you call that sort of thing could be Genosha setting up, obviously the mutants for f- for the future. I really hate this. If you this hate is it. true, I I. Like the idea of like bringing back Tiamat, which is the uh, celestial that wasn't fully born because Cersei stopped you love it. His name, yeah, Tiamat, yeah, it's great. But adamantium to me should be a man-made metal. I don't think it should be like like a celestial thing. I don't think it should be like something that's you know comes from outer space. It just shouldn't be like vibranium 2.0. Is yeah, just because that already came from a comet. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I kind of well, these comets. I, I guess in my way? in yeah. my mind, the adamantium is of Earth. That it is because Tiamat was formed within the Earth's core. That it is our planet's actual metal. Oh, I can see that. I spin. hate more that it might be called Genosha because I see no point in that. That seems stupid. Utopia, you can cr- Krakoa, because, what, which one do because, you like? Because, Asteroid M. No, because it's <laughs> it's like half of a face and a palm. It's not a full island. That's It's a pretty small area. That's like a, like a, a sand dune, a sand barge in G- Key West. That's fair. Genosha it wasn't as huge as Krakoa was, though, but... Yeah, but you've got to have more than ten people on it. We already saw that it was pretty crowded with like six Eternals. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So one last rumor that's floating around right now, which is kind of crazy, um, and an effort for people to care about the MCU again. Um, there's been confirmed slash unconfirmed reports that Robert Downey Jr. is apparently coming back in Armor Wars as sort of a cameo role, and will return in some form in Secret Wars. I think if I'll speak on this first, because I have very strong feelings about this. Let our heroes die. I want them to be out. If we are getting cameo queen Robert Downey Jr., where he is almost like a reverse vision, he goes from being a live live action person to just a voice in someone's head, like maybe Riri's or a few others. Yeah. I'm okay with it. I love you 3000. Sure. But 
I just don't want him to be back in full force. Maybe a quick cameo in Secret Wars. Where he's like, he has like a little, another, uh, you know, hologram. Hey, you know, I I recorded a bunch of messages just before I died. And one of them was, Rhodey, I think you should stay stay strong out there. He did show his AI. That's that's his message to Rhodey. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's a terrible inspirational (laughs) man. Stay strong out there. No, 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 because he had a lot of messages he had to get through in like a day. So he said, Rhodey gets that one. He's like, uh, Pepper, happy Halloween. Pepper, uh, Merry Christmas. Pepper, happy New Year. So he did like three years every season, uh, every holiday for his wife. Rhodey, Rhodey, what do I want to say to you? Uh, Don't take my stuff. What does he say to Happy Hogan? Uh, Who? Wow! Wow! <laughs> um, I, I like cheeseburgers. That's what I'm always saying. Yeah, what a love dub dub. And and the, he recorded all the names too, so like mm-hmm. it would just be like terrible, like ADR. Be like, oh yeah, Miss Marvel, <laughs> you did great defending <laughs> New York. <laughs> I love you, uh, Iron Man too. Hey, Riri. I, hey, <laughs> I just I just wanted to say, Peter Quill. That I think you did such a great job helping us defeat. <laughs> helping Thanos. Uh, I, Ryan, I'm with you. I don't like this idea, but I do think it could happen. Yeah. Because the rumor, <gasps> speaking of rumors, is that Disney is not happy with Kevin Feige. Feige uh, that uh, the phase four has been a bit of a disappointment from the earlier phases. And some of it is because they feel that both Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are not part of it anymore. And they want to be able to find a way to weave back Tony Stark. So the hologram idea or a recording idea makes sense in Armor Wars. Yeah. And for Secret Wars, they bring in somebody from like, Tony. Version. Yeah, exactly. Multiverse, yeah. multiversal Tony Stark. Yeah. It's um, if they didn't get rid of Kathleen Kennedy, I think uh, Kevin Feige is going to be around for a while. He will be. <laughs> he will be. That's true. All right. Let's move on to some issues. Uh, the issues are we- weekly recap of all things X. We've got a bunch of X books. We got a bunch. Uh, Just name them: uh, X Men Annual Number One, Wolverine Number Twenty Eight, Exterminators Number Four, New Mutants Number Thirty Three, and then there's a bunch of dark web stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like Inferno Two Point but w- with more Spider Man, more mailboxes. Oh my God! Every single comic has a mailbox. Uh, we got Dark Web, Miss Marvel Number One. X-Men number two, Mary Jane and Black Cat number one, The Amazing Spider-Man number 16, and Venom number 14. Before we get into all the Inferno craziness, let's just get through these X-Books, which is what I say every time I read them. (laughs) All right. The X-Men Annual number one, written by Steve Fox and art by Andrea DeVito. Firestar is forced to confront her past of hiding from mutantdom to be even part of the Krakoan era X-Men. Are you excited to have a, a full story about Firestar reckoning with who she is and what her responsibilities are? I been? don't like Firestar, but I kind of like this issue. I would agree. Yeah, I just think them they they reckoned with the fact that she was Sucks. a mutant. Yes, <laughs> she's a mutant, but does not want to be part of the mutants. They kept continuity. Yes, she was part of that the Amazing X Men team for a little while. Um, so you know, there's they they mentioned all that, her history with the Hellions. I appreciated all that, and I appreciated that like she's kind of coming into you know finding a way to be a part of this team. So, so I, I you're appreciate that. You, so you're saying you support Aaron Shock? <laughs> that is quite the leap. Is that your mutant power leaping, yeah. leaping to conclusions without hurting my knees? Ryan, what were you gonna say? Uh, I 
I love that it's just, uh, let me do this issue to give some fan complaints. Let me just address some issues. It's like she just did a press conference to like talk about things. The only thing with this is, I think it was fun, and she tried to like justify some of her stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, if she doesn't stay on an X-Men team and make an impact, then this issue real wonky it's real wonky to read if she doesn't actually have some sort of impactful thing happen to her so it's weird to put all this stuff i think in an annual but i mean i guess they've included you say annual i've been saying it differently how do you say it you know kind of continue a newel a newel (laughs) yes like like a duel oh anally it's anal you're right um to me it's the same stuff that they it's some of the stuff that they left out of is it Shiro? Is that his actual name? Yeah, Sunfire. Sunfire. Th- that yeah. his his story was kind of missing. I think uh, if you were going to bring a character like that back, so I'm glad that they're doing some more emotional development there. My concern is that it's sticking to the annual and it's not going to be brought up again. Yeah, same. That if anything happens, they're going, hey, yeah, great. Look who's look who's being part of the team. I like that they're like your outfit's cool now, so we kind of like you better. Yeah, and that's what I took away from this. All right, let's talk about Sabretooth and the Exiles, which we uh, uh, did not uh, mention in our long list, but it was written by Victor Laval, and I want to say... Leonard by, Kirk. Leonard uh, Kirk. I was going to say Charlie Kirk. Uh, Char- Charlie Kirk, okay, all right. No, Captain Kirk. Leonard Kirk, much better than Charlie Kirk. Uh, so the Exiles are now trying to save Orphan Maker, who has been captured by Dr. Uh, Braddock, Braddockville, Brandeville, Brandebaum. You got it. Yeah. Uh, who? <laughs> All three. Who's performing a lot of mutant experiments and not getting a lot of love. Barrington. Back from, Barrington. Yeah. Getting, not getting a lot of love back from Orcus. Was there anything about this issue that you guys really liked? Anything that you really hated? I... First of all, I think this is what upper echelon X-Book. Uh, I would put this up there with like uh, Immortal X-Men and X-Men Red as far as not just being about the X-Men and Krakoa, yeah. but saying something about the world. Yes. Uh, and, you know, Victor uh, uh, LaSalle did a really nice job, uh, Victor Laval, excuse me, uh, did a really nice job of um, using the first Sabretooth miniseries to talk about uh, incarceration, especially through the lens of him, he's he's black, and so through, like, a black person's, like, perspective on what incarceration has done. Now, talking about, you know, what is happening with, like, Dr. Barrington, uh, and how Orcus is such an insidious organization. I think he's doing it even better than Jonathan Hickman did. Um, and I love Dr. Barrington's ambition. Like she is, she's a lot like uh, Deidre from Andor. Like I'm getting a lot of vibes yeah. from yeah, her. I definitely see that. Uh, and like she's like, oh, uh, whoever like hired her is like, I I don't actually report to you. I report to Orcus's high command. So every memo she's sending to the high command, I'm like, you motherfucking ambitious bitch. I hate you but i kind of love you as a villain so i don't know if you guys are familiar with the origins of birth control pills and the complicated it's not where i thought you were going with this but okay the the it's part of her memo to orcus basically trying to say uh look uh we've performed evil experiments before uh we've gotten value from them yeah look how much value i'm getting no one cares no one else remembers this history what they care about is success and I think that was a very interesting and excellent choice, not only because of how kind of not just morally gray, but really unethical that whole process was, but also because there's a, a character that they intentionally left out of that story 
um, which was a Dr. Idris Rice Ray, who was a woman uh, who actually was the person conducting this test on Enovid in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. She warned the two doctors that were mentioned there that this is too dangerous, the, the, the amount we're using, um, because it's causing all these women to have nausea and headaches and all this pain. It's just not it's not safe. And they dismissed her and just completely ignored everything she said and did That's not. It's wild. Care. So three women died who were taking that medication and there was no investigation about the cause and nature of their death. And I think Do you know thing, where that was. It was in Puerto Rico. Uh, that was also in Puerto Rico. Yeah. yeah so okay. the whole the whole they basically they had a study that was in Massachusetts that was on a sample size that was too small. Yeah. They used a smaller dose there. Then they wanted, uh, you know, have a larger sample and they needed a poor population that was also interested in having contraception. And despite the fact that Puerto Rico is very Catholic. Yeah. They, there was a lot of efforts that had been put into making family planning a huge part of. Uh, uh, public policy in Puerto Rico, there was like 67-something uh, family planning contraceptive clinics that were already ready to like roll this test and experiment out. Oh, wow. And so I can't remember the name of the medical center that um, Idris Rice Ray worked for, but she was able to, you know, get all of these women to start taking this test, uh, just taking this pill. None of them knew it was experimental. None of them knew that there were side effects associated with it. They were just concerned because... Puerto Rico had a policy of of strongly encouraging people that after your second ch child, you have some procedure to prevent you from having future children. And a lot of women, so like a third of women were uh, uh, made sterile mm -hmm. and a lot of them were in, uh, in uh, it was involuntary. And I think it's just an excellent, another excellent example of like, how do we bring this and ground this in the real world so that you don't have to write all of the narrative. It's like great. It's a great use of the info, the infographic. You don't have to write all of the evil parts of Orcus in order for the parallels to come through yeah. succinctly. It it's was great. Wild to read though that fucking debrief though. It's wild. The memo. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah it's yeah. awful. Well, do you remember in the first I, issue they did that too? That's true. Yes. Yeah. It's it's just such a weird like this. Uh, this comic truly does have a lot of levels. Like honestly. And then Nanny and Orphan Maker being like, wooka, wacka, wooka. And you're like, this is all over the place, but in the best way possible. Like, Genuinely very funny that Orphan Maker was just laying there quietly while people were experimenting on him. Yeah. And he's like, you've been awake this whole time? And it's like, yeah, well, I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Nanny was basically, where did you learn Land Ahoy? I don't know, TV? It's like, who told you to watch TV without me or a movie? <laughs> And then uh, 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 Ed basically says, "Lando, oh, you watched from a movie, huh?" Yeah. I'm like, God, what a little bitch. Also, Sabretooth calls her Egg Lady, just like you, Brent. Well, because she is Egg Lady. Yeah, it's true. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Wolverine number twenty eight by Benjamin Percy and Juan Jose Reap. Wolverine returns to a primal assassin state under Beast Nefarious Eye. Uh, he may infect Krakoa with evil, or maybe Krakoa is trying to help him by putting him in the pit. Mm -hmm. Who knows what's what's going on? Does any of this matter? Or is it just like just a vignette in the ongoing saga of Beast Terribleness? Well, in the last issue of X-Force, Beast got caught by like Sage and Omega Red and everybody and was going to actually like like you think that they were going to be, you know, uh, having him deal you know, like with his consequ consequences of his actions. So is Wolverine taking place before X-Force? I'm assuming it I is. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. This <clears throat> is a separate Wolverine, though. Completely. 
This is a clone of Wolverine that was created on the side, is what I thought. I mean, yeah, but it's but like I mean, like narratively from the story perspective, the last issue of X Force. I think this had time jumps in this this actual episode. Or, or this, I, I think, I think you're right, Kaylin. I think this is happening before the prison. The, stuff. the prison stuff, yes. yeah, like the the black. This the black, is like, uh, like a continuing mini narrative in that. Gotcha. Okay. okay. I liked it. I mean, the art's gorgeous. It's, Reap it's is wild fantastic. It's just beautiful. And, I mean, Beast is just a straight-up villain now. He's a straight... Yeah. Like, there's no... There's nothing... There's no shades of gray. Like, he's a straight-up black hat. He's more evil than all these, like, terrible people that they've introduced on the team. More, worse than Apocalypse. Worse than Omega Red. Worse than all yeah. of them. Like, he is literally the most so evil. So, do you think... The only thing I disliked about this was the interaction on the info page with hope where hope mm. seems kind of gullible about yes. I didn't like that at all what yeah. beast reasoning she should was. have especially being on the council too she should have like probably brought that up at some point cuz i feel like that's an inner circle she could have maybe said like is this actually legal like what what like through our eyes or whatever the council's eyes cuz it felt weird well, and rushed and he was sort of like just do it okay yeah, fine, whatever, whatever. I guess I'll do it. Like I'm like, no, like Hope is a member of the Quiet Council. Like she has a voice. She is serving as a counterbalance to Charles Xavier, and she knows that like X Force is an extension of Charles, just to a certain degree. He's got some plausible deniability there, but yeah, I I didn't buy that part of it. That was the worst was part tough. of the comic. Maybe, yeah. maybe it would have if there was like an additional conversational panel where Hope brings this up to Xavier. And he, she's like, I don't know. This is pretty concerning. And Xavier's basically does a kind of dismissive. I'll like, take it under my advisement or some yes, shit like that. Like, you know how he would deal with yes, it. Yes, he'd say uh, he has a. We got to let him have a long leash, but you know, let's monitor the situation. Uh, something that would be vague enough and dis- and dismissive enough that I like when uh, this feral Wolverine is showing humanity. He's like, okay, I'm learning. I'm learning. You know, I like sunlight or whatever. Um, I'm going to go down and help this girl. He literally just grabs her by the fucking hair, rips her, and throws her on this on the shore. And he's like, I helped. And they're like, fucking monster. Yeah, it's very Frankenstein's <laughs> monster. Yeah. monster. You are hurting more than yeah. you are helping. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Exterminators number four, written by Leah Williams and art by Carlos Gomez. Piss play abounds as <laughs> Dazzlers, Jubes, and Wolverine, and Boom Boom escape from the clutches of the Collector and the Vampire Nation. Mm. Uh, but a boon is upon them now that they get to collect uh, Dazzler's ex-boyfriend. Wow. Great, Speak on great, this, Ryan. Great series. Great series. <laughs> Leah did some great work on this. This dialogue. The, the characterization of Ju- Jubilee we've already talked about is the only thing that sticks out to me of being a little off. But Daz is a fucking mess. Boom is a mess. Um, and X-23, I, I think she is... Wolverine. Li- well, baby. There's like 30 of them out there now. Yeah. We and did get a fun explanation for why they're wearing the stupid outfits from the beginning that they never really brought up. Correct, yeah. Uh, but I enjoy that while being carted before the Quiet Council, someone screams, put a hat on Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> This book, this book is so stupid and I love it. It's fun. I think when, so we've definitely not loved some of Leah's previous stuff. X Factor as one example. Trial of Magneto is another. I think when you give her something that's like, hey, just go have fun with it. Even the characterization's off. 
it's good. Yeah. If it's something that like actually has to add to the canon or build to something, it gets it's off awkward. because the characterizations are off in a lot of her books. She's writing to the plot. I would like for this specific group to continue doing stuff. Agreed. I like this writing for Jubilee because Jubilee sucks as a character. Do you think she's just having a good time with these girls so she's a little bit loosey or goosey? You can tell she's having a good time because of all the warning signs at the beginning of the comic <laughs> that it's about to get outrageous in here. Uh-oh. <laughs> Oopsies. Watch out. I'm, fi- I'm fine with Jubilee's characterization. To Brent, your point, like Jubilee's not my favorite, and she's had some weird characterization. I mean, she was a goddamn vampire for like you know, seven years. She's Have they brought that up at all in this? I don't think they've mentioned which the fact is, that Jubilee I was a former vampire. I think it would have been an easy slip in. No, 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 they did. They did in the first okay, issue. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, they mentioned it. Okay. Just fun. For their their call out in the very beginning of just yelling at him for liking to see women pee. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, he's like, and he's just like. <laughs> wild. I'm not. I didn't say. He's like, oh, who looks into piss bay? They're like totally kink shaming him. He, but I didn't mind he it. He was like, no. you guys are the worst. And they're like, you kidnapped us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how the Vampire Nation can show up to the Quiet Council without thinking, oh, good, our enemies are dead. I mean, that's a pretty stupid thought on their part. But, yeah. yeah. But whatever. It's got to kind of like, let's tie a nice bow around this. It's dumb. It's yeah. dumb. Uh, but it did have X-Men baseball, which you hate, Brent. Hate. hate. Um, I The only thing I liked about that, because uh, I didn't like the characterization of Emma Frost. You didn't. Why? But it just felt, I don't know. Too light Emma-ish. and playful, not too not smart enough. I don't know. Okay. Too lackadaisical. I like that they show up with a whole uh silver ice bucket full of Dom Perignon Correct. to watch a baseball game. And she's still wearing her classic outfit. Oh, that the Hellfire fe- Club like bikini. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that felt, felt right. The, yeah. The, the the giant uh, just having champagne while watching stupid baseball, yeah. Oh, but like the corset and like the nah, stockings. That's dumb. I don't like that. No, that's what I. Wears. I just think I think Leah just wanted to want some cheesecake. Yeah, she yeah, wants to see fair. some sexy women. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right, let's move on to New Mutants number thirty-three by Charlie Jane Anders and Alberto Jimenez Albuquerque. The Sublime Saga ends, obviously not including Marauders, with Escapade doing everything she can to prevent Morgan's death, and surprise, surprise. Morgan doesn't die. What's the point of this? <laughs> uh, there isn't one, honestly. I think, uh, gosh, I wanted to like this a lot more. Uh, I, I think Charlie Jane Andrews is a talented writer, but these three issues felt inconsequential. But to be fair, almost all of New Mutants has felt inconsequential. It has been the redhead stepchild of the Krakoa era X-Books. Um, it has gone through so many permutations you know, put it out of its misery. There is a sequel series coming out called New Mutants Lethal Legion, which looks like uh, Escapade is back with the New Mutants, and you see Farouk there in the background, who's ostensibly joining them, I guess. I don't know. And maybe a self-contained story would be a little bit... Um, uh, little, it felt a little bit rushed at the end. I think we can all agree on that. Correct. This, this uh, th- These issues just felt like more like an all-ages sort of comic rather than a some of the other Kren Cohen ages. I see that. Stuff that's going on right now. Um, It just felt rushed. Th- this was the big buildup of that scene where uh, Escapade is falling, and then it was done in one or two panels, which was tough, you know? I thought that 
that narrative was going to be a longer story arc for Escapade. Yeah. That it was a mo- longer motivating factor for learning about her powers. Not something that was going to happen immediately. Um, yeah. I, I just think all I really want is Escapade and Morgan stories, more slice of life stuff, I think, because I think that's a lot more fun than bringing in the new mutants and other members, other parts of Krakoa, and yeah. even potential ex-villains. I don't think that worked as well. The characterization of Escapade and Morgan was great. It It's tough, though, because we're always like, just throw in new characters with these old characters. You can't and do then, it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, you can't, it's a no-win situation a Correct. lot of times. Yeah, maybe it might be more fun if, you know, Escapade and Morgan are, are running around doing their own thing, trying to still not be included, and the mut- new mutants are trying to court them and get them to participate and join. So you have a longer story about them actually being involved rather than being thrown in the conflict and then having to be, having to have, you know, nice developed relationships with each other, which they don't yet. Fair. All right, let's talk about the dark web. Before we get into all the details of the dark web, um, Mary Fuck Kill. Okay, I love this. Chasm, Spider-Man, Ben Riley, Peter Parker. Wait, what? <laughs> You've got to kill and okay. fuck all of them. <laughs> I'm not marrying any of them? No. Uh, th- yeah, sorry. It's it's only uh, fucking kill. Uh, I think Don't answer that seriously. Kid. I think fuck I fuck Ben Riley. Fuck them all. And then kill them all. Yeah. Um so who is hotter of the two? Ben. What why do you say Ben? Newer? He's, he smiles through his blonde teeth right now. Ben's a uh, Don't they look the <laughs> yeah. same, but one is just blonde and one is brunette? Yeah. Ben, what did I say? His blonde teeth? That's your yeah, that's your teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're blonde. Fuck you. <laughs> no, that's it. Uh I think classic Spider Man's got a better outfit. But oh. crazy Ben Riley has a yeah, better be- sexual energy. I mean, his name is Chasm. Look, think about the things he'll do in bed. Uh, I know. Gross, nasty things. Yeah, exactly. See and ins- look inside. Gross. Sickening. Yeah, you know, he's always like saying like. Sound me. me. T- t- no, he's like, tell me your memories. Put your memories in me. Put yeah, your memories. Put your memories in me. <laughs> I'm an empty hole of memories. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Mary Jane and Black Cat number one by Jed McKay and Michael Dowling. MJ has a slot machine power, and Black Cat wants to know more. Also, Belasco is back and needs Black Cat for a job. He's putting a crew together. Um, I like their interaction. I think it was great. I think uh, Black Felicia basically telling, you know, like she wants to tell Mary Jane, hey, I'm dating Peter now, but she promised Mary Jane that she wouldn't date Peter. Like it just felt, okay, yeah, this is a, this is a very like relatable kind of a situation between these two. Very likable characters. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Is Mary Jane just jackpot that character that they made during Brand New Day? I think so. Yeah, that's stupid. That is. T- <laughs> it's really. <laughs> it's, it's a dumb it's looking stupid. power. It's a dumb power. If you can see, if Uh-oh, if the power was I'm like a goopy monster now, if it was like representational, like all right, that you don't actually see the slot machine above her. I think that's fun. It's a fun no, visual for us. I need it, but people see the powers above her head. <laughs> So dumb. even even the villains are like she was hold bit. on hold on let me she's see sponsored this by the golden nugget she was bit by a radioactive slot machine <laughs> <laughs> stupid all right uh, then we got uh, dark web Miss Marvel number one by Sabir Pirzada and Francisco Mor- Mortarino sorry Mortarino 
Uh, we find out the before after Miss Marvel being teleported to limbo by Chasm after rescuing her hunky coworker. There's a bird mm. person following her. <laughs> Adam? Is it Adam again? Um, That's scary because you never know when they're going to show up is and he, follow you. Is he There's going to attack her with the law? <laughs> There's a bird person following and, and he's got all these other creatures with him. And they, he's like, all right, just wait. Wait before we wait. attack her. I, first, uh, okay, you know bird this. person. I will say, somebody who's South Asian, I like the interaction between... Uh, uh, Kamala and her coworker, and Arjun, the whole thing yeah. about her being Muslim, him being Hindu. I thought that was great. But what's so funny is like he doesn't recognize Miss Marvel as Kam- oh Kamala. Like that, I'm just that Kamala. Will, yes, that is very. It's tough. a Superman problem, That's right? So also, isn't insane. he a scientist or some shit? And it's he, like it's literally the same girl wearing a mask that covers maybe, nothing. Maybe you know, it's like I don't know if you guys. Maybe she changes her appearance a little bit. She embiggens her hair or something. <laughs> she embiggens her hair. <laughs> She's wearing the thinnest mask on her face. Yeah. I uh, don't know. I mean, he's not a scientist of I, I think eyesight. It's, I think it's maybe like uh, Roger in American Dad, where all of the characters can tell it's Roger, except for on one individual character, uh, and they each have a different one, that it's like a blind spot. I do love that. I don't want to see Kamala there. It's, I, that's that's Miss Marvel. Correct. I think this issue's good because the interaction is really good with him. Yeah. If this was just a normal Miss Marvel uh, issue you would like it yeah it for feels sure. fleshed out especially when she shows up in the dark web main crossover it feels like this could be really garbage and it was a great issue yeah 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 all right let's talk about venom number 14 let's by talk al, about it. al ewing and brian hitch we get a, f- a little bit more detail about uh how and why eddie is regressed and kind of find out what happened to his son there's a whole thing going on in the Venom storyline. I don't know if you're aware of this, Ryan, but... Mm. Uh, Tell me, what, what well, happened? Well, there's a space... Venom is in space. Eddie Brock is in space, being what? the king in black. And, um, I knew that. And his, uh, his little mutant, his little uh, symbiote... Mutant. <laughs> His symbiote's running around just pretending to be him. Brent, what are you doing here? What's this, happening? What is this? What is this bit? It's, um, it's very clear that they just want to have the movie Venom be clear and present for this crossover comics yeah Yeah. and it's fine it worked for me actually i liked uh wasn't offensive at all i was like i i forgot like i forgot that al ewing is the co-writer of venom honestly because we read the first three or four issues of the al ewing rom v run and we didn't really care for it uh even though we reviewed the donny cates version but i like this sort of status quo and it makes sense that obviously he's got a lot of love for his son uh dylan he wants to be able to try to find him and like him making this sort of Faustian bargain with Madeline and Ben and then them basically, you know, giving him like kind of like fucking him over and saying, you know, oh, yeah, you've got to go do this. And then he like the fa- regresses. The, the Faustian part of the Faustian bargain. Yeah, exactly. And there's no bargain. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <clears throat> so I, I thought that was I thought that was really good. Um, Brian Hitch's artwork. Seems a little off in this. Am I? Am I? And I've loved. A little. I think it's a little bit that going on because I loved his ultimate stuff. Not necessarily the ultimates, but actually, the actual he was taken over by a symbiote, and the symbiote is actually drawing this. Yeah, it's oh a my. weird. Yeah. Oh my! He. I used to love his art in the like late nineties, early two thousand. Great. Yeah. And now it's it's. I don't love it as much, but it's he's still talented. Yeah. Great. Should we talk about Amazing Spider-Man sixteen? Well, yeah. Let's. I mean, what are what are Peter and Ben doing other than kissing? 
Uh, in the amazing, is it amazing Spider-Man number sixteen by Zeb Wells and Ed McGinnis? This is so sexual. They Sorry. are facing off. Peter's pulling his punches, and and Ben Riley knows it, and that's why he has the upper hand. So Peter uh, sacrifices himself in a dumb way, makes another agreement. Hey, leave me alone. I'll do anything. I'll go wherever He's you want. He's a little bit too selfless sometimes. And then we he all gets a that. new place in hell, working a nine-to-five job. Do you think his new boss wants photos of Spider-Man as well? Yeah. No, he wants uh, like uh, etchings in, in, in with quill and parchment. I, I want woodblock carvings of Spider-Man. And it. I want it now. Uh, I did love the little scooter demon like <gasps> screaming at them. I was just going to say that. I love that guy. Yeah, it was great. He, he, he screamed at one point, what do I have to do with this? <laughs> this was the Ryan Krull <laughs> character yeah, in that why issue. Am why am I even here? That's the only possessed thing so far that I like. Everything else is possessed and it's stupid. He seemed and like, that one was like... Just having a ball, yeah, 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 being the worst way of getting around in society. He he was like, <laughs> "I'm going about my day, barely getting along, and you're going to attack me now." It it was tough. Yeah, poor um, guy. I I am enjoying these crossover issues. Uh, very much I'm so. Not afraid to say it. Honestly, I'm scared. You sc- you're scaring I'm, me. I'm you're scaring me. Yeah, I'm terrified. Yeah. <laughs> How did I get involved in this? Yeah. Is my question. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Dark Web, X-Men number two by Jerry Duggan and Rod Rice. Gene and Magic quickly escape a minefield while Scott and Alex negotiate with terrorists. Uh, (laughs) We're no closer to understanding the point of Inferno, but at least there are puppies being threatened. Uh, Caitlin, (laughs) why did you want those puppies dead so bad? Yeah, they, they had it coming. They know why. They had it coming. Do you think those are actual puppies or do you think... You know, they're Ma- magic puppies. Madeline is like, I would never hurt a real puppy, but Scott doesn't know that. That's fair. I I kind of like their interaction of being like, uh, look, I don't think you're stupid. I think you're just doing something erratic right now, like, and you should calm down, girl. My therapist, your therapist. Oh yeah, she got real mad. Real yeah, triggered. she did. She would. Habit goes to BetterHelp two times, and she's like, how fucking dare you do that? <laughs> Look, under I my... put you in the Goblin Prince outfit for a reason. I know. I didn't fringe this outfit for no goddamn reason for you to come in my house. I will say I really like the conversation between Scott and Alex. Yes. When Scott goes, Alex, you were just saying that you're leaving the X-Men. that You don't want to be here anymore. He's like, no. The reason that I was brought on is because Forge wanted to fuck with you, and I want to do good, but I don't think this is the right place for me. Mm-hmm. And... It is. The, it's a very meta commentary of like the writers not knowing what to do with Alex. Alex has had so many permutations, uh, and I like that. Like he's a little, he's messy, and like he's like I'm. I just want to. I just want to help, but I don't know how to do it yet. I also like the conversation that what I'm hoping from this is that there's another X Men team forming at some point where Havoc Ooh. is on it, right? D- didn't it feel that way? Maybe. Where, Who would you put on that team? Um, all the people from Havoc. Um, Do all the exterminator women. Get all the Hellions back together. Some costume designers. Um, so just the main one, I guess. Jumbo Carnation. Yeah, Jumbo would yeah. be on it. Uh, let's let's go ball to the wall with it. It would be really fun to actually have some... I get, Well, they've already done like reformed X-Men. They've already sort of done that path. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I would love. I would love to see where that goes. I also like the, um, uh, like the younger Jean and Ilyana kind of like wandering through I, the X mansion. I'm glad no. they dispensed of that quickly. No, you know, I'm like over. It? I'm over little baby selves, especially Ilyana, because she's always like a fucking child in every fucking comic, being like, 
I'm just trying to and no, let's move on from our little little selves. But they got they they got rid of it pretty quickly. Agreed. Just so that Gene could bitch slap the fuck. Oh, that was a good that was right. a good panel. Is Gene better now? We've waited a lot of years for her no. to come back. Is she? Be- I know you hate her but- as a character. Yes. Oh, she's better, but not better than Madeline. Oh no, no, no! No, it's not a contest. It's just like it is, is Jean, a contest. Is Jean more ca- Madeline, captivating? It's very much a contest. Yeah. Is Jean more captivating as a character? I Scott think since and her return, are, she's are been great. Good, yes. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's a much more because she's not fainting all the time. Going, Scott, Scott. She has vertigo, but leave her alone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the mutant but, vertigo from Marauders. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I love this issue. That's been all of our dark web. And, and really our issues. Has. Um. Wait. What's that? Oh. Oh. God. That's such a satisfying as noise. Always. We like to wrap up the little something we call "Plug Me, Daddy," where we each get to quickly, guys, highlight something that we've read, seen, heard, or experienced, and wanted to share with you. Our little almost New Year homos. Who do you think you're saying quickly to? Is quickly. It, is it to us or is it to the listener? It's usually to Adam there, or uh, Clark, but they're not here right now. But there's no, we don't, we never respect that. Yeah. <laughs> You've never, yeah, that is true. Yeah. So it's like, is it just for the li- listener to hear us say the word quickly? Quickly. It's, no, it's to reinforce for you guys to actually be quick. Well, I don't, yes. I don't want to beat a dead horse of this, but I think that this current sentence is illustrating. That horse is already dead. That. It's already dead. <laughs> I sh- so you're saying I should make the description a little bit longer? So, okay, <laughs> for this for this plug me daddy, let's for this plug me daddy. Let's talk about the gifts that we got for whatever we celebrated. What did you guys? What did you celebrate first? I celebrated Christmas. Okay, okay. God <laughs> was not accusatory. Just asking. I celebrated a non-denominational Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, a, a capitalist Christmas. A Christless Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Um. My, the the gift I got that I might like the most is a new knife sharpening set where you basically clip it onto the side of a uh, table or counter and you can angle the sharpening blade at whatever angle you want using your phone and then you very easily swipe Using up. your phone? Use, yeah. So you basically, you put your phone into a holder that it has and you can, your phone has like a angle measurer. Yeah. And you can set, like, I want it to be at exactly 17 degrees. And then you put a whetstone on it, and you sharpen your knife super easily. Mm. Very exciting. For killing people? No, for cutting tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And people. And murder. What about you, Ryan? Um, I had a... Uh, okay, so uh, my family has reserved the right to just do individual presents, and they just don't want to do that shit anymore. They're, they don't want to do any of that. So we've done high-end white elephant gifts oh which has been really fun pieces and- of a white elephant <laughs> <laughs> so as a family we go out poaching it's great uh but so <laughs> but on but honestly like so we all got some really great stuff i got like a really cool massager thing to for uh no one liked it um and then uh but what i received was a trojan helmet that was, that's not how I thought you were going to end that sentence, by the uh, way. A fucking I like, didn't realize, why? Trojan fucking helmet. That so is, is that like, like their largest condom size? Or? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, but it was like a really cool replica. And it was so fucking random, but it was like gorgeous. And also they have to add oil to it because it was like real metal and stuff like that. So it was baby. It was lubed up and ready for me. It was great. Wow. I you just 
I could I, I can't even do the pop. I noise. could not bring that on the plane, but it was really fun. I, I it, it was such a fun white elephant. Doing a higher end white elephant is a really cool thing. Yeah, as for when you have to go save Helen of Troy, is that why you got it? Well, it, it launched a thousand dicks. You it know? did launch a thousand dicks. So my parents got me this really lovely little like little bag. It's almost like a little purse. It's unisex, but. You, you know, anyone can obviously it's use like a it. a man bag. You can wear it like sort of like a over the shoulder thing. It's a strappy. It's a strappy thing. Just like yeah. holds like keys, wallets, you know, phone, sunglasses, whatever. Cute. But it's Scooby Doo themed. It's from Coach. Scooby Doo themed. And you've got it's got Scooby's dumb little face on the side. And on the top, it says, where are you? And it's so fucking adorable. I love it so fucking much. Are you going to wear it? I am going to wear it. Oh. It's yeah. it's really cute. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you don't normally have things like that. I don't. That's why I wanted it. You, yeah. You usually are the opposite of what what's her face says, where you take one thing off. You usually like don't have anything on. You should like put one thing on before you leave the home. So I, maybe... I just I just leave the house naked is what, what, what <laughs> yeah. you're saying. Yeah. It's like God, Caleb, no put on some clothes. Yeah. It's illegal to be naked on the streets. It's true. Yeah. So that's Brent. my episode. <clears throat> Sorry, I had something right there. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, that's been our episode. Uh, we, we've been home superior. So uh, don't forget to rate and review us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Homo Superior X or on Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast. We, we hope you had a great Christmas holiday or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrated. And we hope you have a great uh, new year. We've been Homo Superior and we're brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp. Do you need someone to talk to? Does your brother not listen to you? Do your friends hang out with you as a slutty joke? Don't blow up. Talk to BetterHelp's trained therapist, which can help you work through your identity and your tattered clothes. BetterHelp is uh, paid for and brought to you by BetterHelp. <laughs> so that's been our episode. Bye, little homo. Bye. Bye.